Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. You know what day is? It's Friday. Yes, indeedy, boys and girls, it is exactly Friday, and this is the Truth Hurts Program with your host, Steve Z. Glad to be back here at Studio 63. Still going through a little recuperation from the shoulder surgery, but I think we're going to be just fine. It is Friday. It is the 17th day of September 2021, 241 days into the debacle of a presidency of gropey Joe Biden. And the media is still protecting him, keeping all of the stories of the absolute shit show that is the Biden administration off of your television screens, off of your computer screens, your smartphones, and out of the print media that nobody even reads anymore. Congressional Democrats are proposing to spend an enormous amount of your taxpayer dollars on what the New York Times recently called cradle-to-grave additions to the U.S. social welfare system. When budgeting shenanigans are ignored, a Committee for Responsible Federal Budget estimates the full cost is not $3.5 trillion, as has been falsely widely advertised, but well over $5 to $5.5 trillion. In a lengthy analysis of the healthcare components alone in the $3.5 trillion lie that will be a $5.5 trillion lie when it's all said and done, some researchers have discovered that in every single instance, the proposal will spend more money on existing programs that are already deeply flawed. If, instead of throwing good money after bad, we focused on rational reform of existing programs, we might find that the unmet needs that the Democrats have targeted could be more than adequately met without spending a single additional taxpayer dollar. Home health care benefits, for example. Under the current system, as many as one-third of hospital discharge patients who are entitled to home care never receive the benefit. And those who do participate in a system which fraud and theft are commonplace are costing taxpayers billions and billions of dollars. Rather than reforming the existing system, the new program proposed under the Democrat Tax and Spend and Tax Again program will spend even more money while ignoring widely less expensive alternatives. The monthly cost of the new home health care benefit will be more than the monthly cost of a nursing home in six states. It will be more than the monthly cost of an assisted living facility in 45 states. And it will be more than the cost of a home health aide coming to your home every day in 49 of the 50 states. This proposal completely ignores a highly effective alternative called cash and counseling. Under that program, money goes to the patient, not to the caregivers. Patients can then hire and fire service providers based on those service providers doing an adequate job, 
treating them with dignity and respect, giving them the care that they're being paid to be providing. Right now, the money goes to the caregiver, and if the caregiver is a piece of crap, oh well, that's life. The type of person who can be a provider has now also been expanded, and some states will even allow your spouse to be your caregiver and get direct money from the federal government for doing what they should be doing, being a good spouse. Early surveys found the satisfaction with the cash and counseling hovers in the 90 percentiles, because let's face it, you'd much rather have your wife tending to your wounds and making a few dollars to cover her expenses than paying some home health care aid hundreds and hundreds of dollars a day, well, the company that hires that home health care aid, and then they find some substandard piece of crap to come to your house and work on you. There's also an Obamacare expansion. Two-year provision enacted back in March by Gropey Joe Biden and the Democrats means more low-income buyers are now paying little to nothing for insurance, and the maximum contribution has been reduced from 10% of income to 8.5% of income, meaning you, the taxpayer, are paying for more people who refuse to work to get free health care. And this is even for people who are above the 400% above poverty line. The new proposal by the Democrats as part of this $3.5 trillion, which is really $5.5 trillion debacle, will be made permanent if this law is passed. The change, however, will not lower the outrageously high deductibles in the Obamacare plan. It won't expand the narrow provider networks that deny many patients access to the best doctors and the best medical centers. Most of the new money, my friends, is going to people who appear to not need it. For example, a 60-year-old couple with two kids making $212,000 a year will be receiving a benefit of $11,209. In contrast, a family of four making just under $40,000 a year, regardless of the age, will be only receiving a benefit of $1,646. They are finding a way, the Democrats, oddly enough, of helping the more wealthy Americans with health care and leaving the poor out in the cold. And they claim to be for the poor. It's a lie. Just about everything that happens in Democrat land is a lie. You know how I said at the beginning of the program, the media constantly covers up for the debacle that is the Joe Biden presidency? Well, here's a piece of information you'll like. Media coverage of the border crisis, the mayhem, the disaster at our southern border has dropped 94% under Gropey Joe Biden's administration. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means if one Mexican crossed illegally under Donald Trump, it was headline news and how the wall doesn't work and Donald Trump has no control over our southern border and it's a crisis and they're trying to, to, try to kill children. Every single hour of every single day while Donald Trump was president, all you heard about besides Russia, Russia, Russia lies, was the crap about our southern border, which was much, much better protected under Trump than it is under the Groper-in-Chief. The nation is suffering through its very worst border-crossing crisis in over two decades, and top Homeland Security officials are heading for the hills. But guess what? So is the media. The national media has gone 100% AWOL on the issue as President Joe Biden has tried to steer attention to his other failures. Well, he's tried to steer him away from his other failures. But the fact is, the nation is suffering through that worst border crisis in 20-plus years. And Gropey Joe Biden's August media attention for the border crisis? For the whole month of August, looking at all of the media news outlets talking about the border crisis, the entirety of the news media spent 6 minutes, 28 seconds of network news coverage on Gropey Joe Biden's ridiculous 
response to the southern border crisis, where over 208,000 invading illegal militant immigrants, aliens, COVID-positive criminals crossed our southern border. In July, the media, the national network media, spent a whopping 4 minutes, 20 seconds. Border officials say July and August border crossings have broken records beyond anything that they can possibly control. And that, my friends, is just the ones they caught. In March, as the crisis escalated, ABC, CBS, and NBC devoted 113 minutes to the crisis. But they spent a lot of that 113 minutes blaming Donald Trump's policies, which closed the border and were effective. But they blamed Donald Trump's policies. As the news got worse... The network coverage dried up and some even ignored a Supreme Court loss for the gropey Joe Biden administration that required the White House to put key Trump border policies back into effect. But the media, if you ask them right now about the border crisis at our southern border and the illegal invading migrants and the large numbers of them being shipped to cities around the country at the expense of your tax money and they're COVID positive and they're not required to wear masks and they're not required to be vaccinated, crickets chirping, my friends crickets chirping while gropey Joe Biden tells you if you're a federal employee you're going to get stuck or you're going to get fired while he tells companies that hire more than 100 employees your employees are going to get stuck or we're coming after you with a $14,000 fine for each violation we find and guess what when there's fine money involved they find a way to go and identify those violators but that's the way it works under the democrat socialist marxist communist nazi rule Let's talk about Joe Biden's lies, his out-and-out lies about jobs, gasoline, for example. Of course, the Associated Press is in bed with the Biden administration and all the other liberal progressive media outlets. They had an article written, uh, Washington Associated Press says, AP fact check, Biden's shaky claims on jobs and gasoline. If that had been Donald Trump, they would say, Donald Trump lies, fact check proves he's a liar. This article says, boasting that the government policies can make a difference in improving the economy, President Gropey Joe Biden went too far on Thursday, taking credit for job growth since taking office. Job growth? Really? He also made a dubious suggestion that wrongdoing is behind uh, higher gasoline prices, something that his administration will seek to fix, he says. But analysts, you know, people who know what the hell they're talking about, say there's little to no evidence that that is the case. So let's take a look at the claim and the facts. Gropey Joe Biden said, quote, When I was sworn in as president, the nation was struggling to pull out the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. Job growth was anemic with just over 6,000 new jobs per month, three months before I was sworn in. Then we went back to work. We passed the American Rescue Plan back in March. And it worked. It's still working. Over the last three months, we created an average of 750,000 new jobs per month. Unquote. The fact? Biden is trying to take credit for his plan well more than he deserves. The robust hiring since his inauguration sharply reflects the reopening of the economy after a huge winter wave of COVID-19 infections, which peaked in January. Widespread vaccinations developed under the Donald Trump administration had already been going into people's arms, and they topped three million a day prior to Gropey Joe taking office. And that played a role in enabling restaurants, bars, entertainment venues, and other businesses to start reopening and rehiring. Some airliners filled up, and so did some hotels. Travel began to come back, but nowhere near the levels that they were under Donald Trump's administration. Biden's $1.9 trillion so-called financial rescue uh, package, 
that was approved back in March by Congress, did play an important role by providing a third round of stimulus checks and extending expanded unemployment benefits to make people have more money to stay home than to go to work, however, screwed the jobs recovery. Biden's plan goosed spending in the economy by taking tax dollars that didn't exist and just jamming it into people's pockets. But hiring slowed sharply all the way through August. In fact, in August, only 235,000 jobs were gained in our economy. And the so-called Delta variant drove case counts higher, meaning that Gropey Joe's policies on combating the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, 2020, 2021 were failing and failing miserably. But the news media ignored those facts. It underscored an ongoing hold that the virus supposedly has on the economy. And now they're trying to blame Biden's weak economy, high prices, inflation, high taxation, and failure of Americans to even want to go back to work on the Kung flu. Biden said, and I quote, we're also going after the bad actors and pandemic profiteers in our economy. There's a lot of evidence gas prices should be going down, but they haven't. We're going to take a close look at that, unquote. The fact is, there is little to zero evidence that anything nefarious is behind higher gasoline prices, as Biden suggests. Gasoline prices usually fall after Labor Day, after the peak summer driving season. Now, that hasn't happened this year. Analysts say some other factors besides malfeasance appear to be in play. U.S. gasoline, for example, is now more and more heavily dependent on OPEC and foreign imports because gropey Joe Biden on day one of becoming your president shut down drilling in federal waters, canceled the new oil leases, shut down the Keystone XL energy pipeline, and caused a nationwide panic over supply, demand, and of course, pricing. U.S. gasoline and oil prices have been affected by a hurricane that shut down some oil production in the Gulf of Mexico, shut down several big refineries, and a major fuel pipeline on the East Coast. The national average price for a gallon of gasoline right now under Gropey Joe Biden, according to the Auto Club AAA, is $3.19 per gallon. This time last year in Hammond, Louisiana, and I have a receipt right here. Here it is. Right here, $1.79 per gallon. So let's do the math, shall we? Under Joe Biden, on day 241 of his administration, I am paying right now, if you're looking at the national average versus what I paid a year ago, a $1.40 per gallon increase in the price of a gallon of unleaded gasoline. It's unchanged from last month but it is over a dollar higher than the same time last year when who was president? Oh, that's right, Donald J. Trump. Imagine that, boys and girls. Gasoline prices usually track oil prices, and the benchmark price of U.S. crude is back close to its early July highs after falling a bit in August. Now, Jeffrey Bourne is an energy markets expert at Northeastern University. He said current gas prices are partly the result of production and refining capacity that was knocked offline by Ida and a few other factors, including shortage of tanker drivers because of the Wuhan China Kung Fu China virus. He says, in short, I think we're having supply chain problems. I'm sure gropey Joe Biden wants prices to come down. You do, I do. He says also he'd like to be 20 pounds lighter tomorrow. <laughs> Phil Flynn is an energy analyst at the Price Futures Group. He's a critic of Biden's energy policy and he should be. We were energy independent under Donald Trump. We were a net exporter of oil, 
natural gas, liquefied petroleum gas, and other sources of fuel. And now we're relying more and more and more every day on all of Biden's buddies over there in the Middle East and in China and even in Russia. Phil Flynn says, prices reflect demand that come back stronger than expected from the pandemic, U.S. oil production being lower, and events like the hurricanes. Flynn says he is not seeing any profiteering or bad actors, so Gropey Joe is a liar. Even Tom Closa, a chief analyst for the oil price information service consulting firm, said Hurricane Ida and lingering effects on production and refining are causing summer-like prices to linger for a longer period of time, especially east of the Rockies. He predicted pump prices will soon ease in the west, the southwest, and the Rocky Mountain states. Then let's go for one more expert, shall we? Energy economist Philip Verlager said, Gasoline prices are being propped up by U.S. independent producers and OPEC members limiting their production, the cost of blending ethanol into gasoline, and lower overall gasoline inventories. But Gropey Joe Biden is now joining a rich tradition of presidents who express frustration with higher gasoline prices, but they themselves are heavily invested in those oil companies financially, stock-wise. So the higher the prices, the more money the Bidens make. Oil prices are getting higher. And it is because of the piss-poor policies of gropey Joe Biden. And while they play politics with your wallet, you pay higher prices at the pumps. Because remember, gropey Joe rides for free, as he has done for the last almost 50 years of his life on the government dole. This is the Truth Hurts Program. When Alexandria Horseface Cortez posted a photo of herself unmasked, wearing that white dress marked with Tax the Rich in blood-red letters... She made sure to at least praise the help. Her dressmaker, who was there, of course, had to be wearing a mask, even though Cortez was not. So, her out-of-touch behavior regarding the raging epidemic known as the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, 20, and 21 could be taken as a broader symbol of how out-of-touch the Democrats are towards taxes and their own position in the country with regard to masking. They claim that they want to tax the rich, but they preside over a system that already taxes the living hell out of the rich. Meanwhile, in their own stupid, deep ignorance, they propose tax hikes that would squeeze the blood out of the middle class and even the poor, all supposedly in the name of taxing the rich. In 2018, the most recent year for which data are available, the top 50% of earners made 88% of all income, yet paid 97% of all individual income taxes according to IRS data compiled by the Tax Foundation. Let me say this another way. The bottom 50% of earners in our country, meaning the bottom half of the people who earn a paycheck, paid only 2.9% of the federal income tax burden in 2018. And the top 1% of earners took in 21% of all income in the U.S., yet they paid 40% of all federal income taxes. By the way, that number's increased over time. That number... The top 1% of earners only used to pay 33.2% of federal income taxes back in 2001. Here's another statistic. I know they don't carry well over the radio or over the podcast or over the internet or whatever if you don't have something to visualize it. In 2018, the top 10% of earners made 48% of the income but paid 71% of all federal income taxes. So if you take 100 people put their salaries into a pot. The top 10 of those 100 people made almost half of all that income, but they paid almost three quarters of the taxes. Another way to look at the top tax burden is to measure the average tax rates for those with lower or higher incomes. 
it is clear that those with higher incomes pay higher effective rates or percentages. On average, the bottom half of our nation's earners only pay 3.4% in individual income taxes. The top half, the upper 50%, pay 14%. The top 25% pay 16.8%. The top 10% of earners in the United States, they pay 19.9%. The top 5% of earners in the U.S. pay 22%. And the top 1% pay 25.4%. So Ocasio-Cortez, you horse-faced cow, you hypocrite, you person who spends $30,000 and then we find out you didn't spend it at all, they gave you a ticket, which is actually an illegal campaign contribution when you think about it, while you sit there with your snarky look, your big old horse teeth, your bug eyes, and your dress that says tax the rich, you have to understand the idea the rich pay nothing is simply a detestable lie based on the anecdotes and not at all any representation of reality. The federal government is not failing to tax the rich, Alexandria Horseface Cortez. Top earners are more than adequately taxed, and in fact, their taxes have steadily risen over time under presidents from both parties. That is what the world's most progressive tax system looks like. It seems to vic uh, fit the description tax the rich, but you want to take the even more money out of the rich's pockets. Democrats' current preoccupation with raising corporate income tax rates will actually shift the burden of taxation back onto the poor, Ms. Cortez. That is because corporate income taxes are not paid by Cortez's wealthy, maskless friends. Unlike the individual income tax, which is mostly paid entirely by the top earners, the corporate income tax burden is shared amongst all consumers. They'll end up paying that tax in the form of higher prices, as we've already seen almost 6% inflation under Biden immediately. They will pay in the form of higher prices at the pump, at the grocery checkout line, at the fast food window at the home improvement store. All employees will also pay because there will be fewer job opportunities, lower wages, reduced benefits, and of course anyone who has a 401k or an IRA, the shareholders will result in lower profits, meaning they're being taxed in the back way and the back door just as well. And remember, amongst shareholders of stocks in the United States, only some are wealthy. Some might be you who contribute 2 to 5% of your income in the form of a savings account or a an individual retirement account or a 401k that is deducted from your paycheck. And now that 401k will perform much lower because more and more of your money will be eaten up by higher prices, higher taxes, sales taxes, etc., and lower performance of the stocks in your 401k, in your IRA, in your other particular savings accounts. On the whole, my friends, a rise to corporate income taxes and tax rates makes this tax code proposed by Alexandria Horseface Cortez less progressive. One of the most important and helpful aspects of Donald Trump's tax reform was to cut the corporate tax rate. It didn't cause the wealthy themselves to pay less. It did cause big businesses to stop evading taxes by sending their profits to corporate inversions in other countries. Corporate inversions essentially ceased after the 2017 tax reform passed under Donald Trump. And corporate repatriation of earnings also increased massively, meaning large amounts of capital returned for investment within the U.S. under Donald Trump, but it's heading out the window under Gropey Joe. Horseface Cortez and Gropey Joe Biden apparently want to bring back corporate inversions. I doubt either of them could explain what that is, even if you ask them. In the end, this is about Democrats being out of touch with reality. And it's about Democrat supporters being too ignorant, stupid, 
blind or whatever the hell term you want to call it to recognize and understand it. No matter how edgy the dress you wear to show off, Miss Cortez, you cannot deny the U.S. tax system is the most progressive on earth and that the rich are well taxed and that Biden's proposed tax hikes will shift a heftier tax burden back onto the lower and middle income taxpayers. So if you're going to demand that your help wear masks while you lie about wanting to tax the rich, you should at least have the decency to wear a mask yourself. This is the Truth Hurts Program. I'd like to go back to a topic about the lies of gropey Joe Biden and how he gets away with them as compared to Donald Trump. When Donald Trump said anything even remotely questionable, the fact checkers were out there on mainstream media, in newspapers, in magazines, on the internet, on social media, calling out everything he said and calling it fake news. When I first began my journalism career in 1981, I knew that you could only say what is true. That if you got caught lying in the media, you would be canned immediately, blacklisted. You would not be allowed... Oh, what, what? Can't say blacklisted? That's racist? You would be blacklisted. You wouldn't be allowed to work in any other media outlet. You would be labeled as someone who does not have journalistic ethics. In a free country such as the USA, dishonesty at the highest level of government is no small thing. You can't trust the president, so what they do is they keep him quiet. He can't get caught in a lie if they don't allow him to answer questions. Gropey Joe Biden has answered fewer questions from the media than any president in the last 100 years. And if you can't trust the president, how do you know what to believe? How do we know what our government is really up to? People in power need to be held accountable in a democracy. But it's not easy when you don't know what's true, you don't know what is not true, and your president is kept stifled either by drugs or by his handlers. Now, I will tell you this. During Trump's presidency, there was no hesitation on the part of journalists to call out each and every mistake, misstatement, stutter, stammer, or gaffe. There weren't that many. Donald Trump looked the camera in the eye and said it like it was. He told it like it is. Now, many times they weren't describing what he said as an outright lie, but they did report that he had no evidence to back up whatever he just said. How many times did the media say Donald Trump's words were false or misleading? It's not a rhetorical question. The Washington Post actually counted those times and concluded that Trump's, quote, false or misleading claim totals were three, uh, excuse me, 30,573 occurrences over his four years in office. One of the reasons he lost his re-election bid, according to certain journalists, is that the American people were tired not only of the daily chaos and his nonstop tweets, but they said they thought a lot of things he said were made up, so they lost trust in him. Why? Because the media kept saying everything Donald Trump said was a lie when it all has now, 241 days into the Biden presidency, been proven to have been true. So now, what did we get with Joe Biden? Honesty? Accuracy? The truth? Or more of the same? Well, we don't know because they're not reporting on Joe Biden. They're reporting on every sleight of hand, every other diversion that they can come up with. On the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, gropey Joe Biden assured us, quote, if there's American citizens left on August 31st, we're going to stay to get them all out, unquote. This, of course, was a lie. He told us he planned for every contingency in the lead up to that departure. That was a lie. It sure doesn't look that way in the events that played out on television. He told us our allies had no problem with our hasty departure. 
That was a lie. Before that, Gropey Joe told us the surging number of migrants that we were witnessing at the southern border was nothing out of the ordinary. Oh, it was way, way the hell out of the ordinary, my friends. That, too, was a lie. He told us he wouldn't demand the COVID vaccines be mandatory. That was, of course, before he now thinks they should be mandatory. That, of course, was a lie. He assured us that if you were vaccinated, chances were near zero that you would ever get sick enough to be hospitalized. Now he says the unvaccinated are in danger from those of us who have been vaccinated. That raises the question, what? That's just a sampling of some of Gropey Joe's misinformation. That doesn't even scratch the surface of the Hunter Biden debacle. All of the uh, Ukraine mess, all of the China mess, all of the Korea mess, all of the Russia mess that falls squarely at Biden's feet and all of the other false statements that he has made. No, I'm telling you so, so my friends, it's only 241 days into this presidency. And if you were to cover him, media, like you covered Donald Trump, media, his numbers would be in the hundreds of thousands of lies, plagiarisms, gaffes, misspeakings, falsehoods, fakery, but you're refusing to cover gropey Joe Biden. Unless you've been asleep for the last four years or so, you certainly noticed that journalists don't call out Biden anywhere near the frequency or with the amount of ferocity that they called out his predecessor. Not a single major mainstream news organization has said Joe Biden lied when he went on national television and said none of the American allies complained about our chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. I have not heard a single liberal journalist say that Biden had no evidence when he said COVID-19 was on the wane. When Donald Trump said something, the media somberly told us that he was a threat to democracy. When Joe Biden outright lies to the American people, it's because, well, you know, he's just simply being Joe. There's a price to pay for dishonesty. Joe Biden is paying it. His poll numbers are down dramatically. Some leaders around the world have lost trust in every word he says. Those leaders that he cannot even remember their names. Like he called the Australian Prime Minister, uh, that 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 guy down that guy down under, you, you know, that guy down under. Dishonesty threatens to harm America's credibility around the world. <sighs> I was watching CNN the other morning, and they aired one story after the other, bashing their favorite villain, Donald Trump. Now they can blame Trump for his long-distance relationship with the truth, fair enough, but they can't blame Joe Biden for his lies, which, of course, to many journalists in the liberal side, they're calling simply honest mistakes. We have run slap flat out of time, my friends. That's going to do it for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, The Truth Hurts Network.